everyone. This episode really blew my socks off and it's going to blow your socks off as well because you're going to learn some stuff about sleep, mindset and how they tie in with health and performance that you hadn't considered previously. At least I know I hadn't. This is an awesome chat with Devin Burke, a sleep specialist and author. He's also the founder of Sleep Science Academy. And in this episode, he gives away some of his secrets that he hasn't given away publicly ever before, the three Ps. And those are fascinating and I loved it. I get his name wrong in the introduction and I say David, uh, but of course it's Devin Burke and you should definitely check him out if you do want to find out more and improve your sleep more. But first off, listen to this episode and find out some stuff that you didn't know and then see where it can take you. It's a fascinating chat and I can't thank Devin enough for coming on the podcast. Okay, so today have David Burke um, of Sleep Science Academy and he's got a, he's an international speaker, TEDx presenter. He's a best-selling author of The Sleep Advantage. He's a renowned sleep coach. He's a health and performance expert. And, you know, so is there anything you can't do, David? Devin, sorry. <laughs> Devin, yeah. great to have you. I'm, I'm dyslexic. I've written Devin and I'm reading... Saying David, yeah, Devin. Great well, to meet I'm, you, Devin. Great to be here, Pete. And I'm dyslexic too, so so don't worry. We're, oh, well, we're... I'm not really. I was just making a bad joke. <laughs> well, I, I am actually. So <laughs> well, okay, I've, I've really made a bad joke of, uh, of it then. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, great no, to have great, you. Great to be here. I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm excited. Yeah, to oh, all talk the way from with you. Florida. That's right. Yeah. So where do you want to start? Do you want to tell us about? you know, the highlights of the career, the highlights of your sleep science academy, or do you want to start with why do we need, why do we need better sleep? I'm going to, I'm going to, since it's your show, I'm going to let you, you drive the, uh, the ship. So wherever you want to start, I'm, I'm happy to share. Well, let's, let's start with why poor sleep or lack of sleep is, is a problem. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a massive problem. And like most, most people, don't realize how big of a problem it is until they're not getting great sleep. And so like I, for me, before I got into sleep science and before I started helping people, you know, all over the world, really getting, stay asleep, I used to take it for granted myself. Like I didn't realize how much actually happens during the night, you know, and I, I studied a lot of different things from nutrition to exercise physiology and psychology and all these different things over like a decade, but I never really studied sleep. I never understood why sleep was important. I kind of thought it was a waste of time. I never actually had a problem sleeping. And it actually wasn't until a client reached out to me, I was working with, he said, Hey, I'm having real massive sleep issues and it's really messing up my, my rhythm. And you know, it's like kind of ruining my life. Like, can you help me? And it wasn't until I, he reached out for help. I, I started looking into, well, you know, sleep, like, it's, you know, okay. Uh, so I, I started to look into the science around it and then my eyes were open to how important it is, how it's literally the foundation that extraordinary health is built on, that if we're not sleeping, our bodies aren't repairing, our minds aren't repairing. And you know, really getting into the science of what happens when we sleep, when we don't get sleep, literally our body starts to, to fall apart. It literally starts to fall apart. Um, and there's certain stages of sleep where our brains are act actually more active during the night than they are during the day. It's when we, we burn the most fat. It's when our brains clean out the, the, you know, the toxins that build up that cause Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, you know, it's, it's essential for our immune system. If you're not sleeping, you know, you, you're more susceptible to getting the flu, um, viruses. It's really like, and it's emotional first aid for, you know, just being able to be a stable human being in this crazy chaotic world that world that we live in. Um, it's like a reprieve, you know, it's like, yeah. so, I mean, we can go deep on, on the science and nerd out on the science if you want, but yeah, there's um, so many aspects to the benefits that one thing that I thought of then is the, it was on Twitter uh, the other week, there was someone who asked a, one of the, um, a quiz, you know, and they were trying to ask, it was a yes or no answer. And their question was, is stress just a reaction to everything that disrupts our homeostasis? And my response was no, because we build up stress from just day-to-day -day living. It's not, you don't have to have an input of a, a stressful event 
to develop stress within our cells that I said, that is why we need sleep. I mean, even a Buddhist monk needs to sleep, even if they are meditating 24 seven. So what do you, what's your thoughts on that? Um, uh, yeah, hundred percent. I'm, I'm in, I'm total alignment with what you just said. I mean, well, the, the, the thing about sleep and stress, they're bi-directionally linked. So meaning the worse you sleep, the more stress your body experiences, the more stress your body experiences, the worse you sleep. So it's, you know, so one affects the other. And, and really this is where people get stuck is when they're not prioritizing protecting sleep or they don't know how to really understand how to get out of this paradox that people find themselves in where they're trying to force and control sleep and it stresses them out more. It's then they're, they're not sleeping. So their bodies are more stressed. And then, like I said, it's like this, the stress body, it's hyper aroused. It's you, your body thinks that it's getting chased by a tiger when it's about, you know, you're, you're laying in bed and your mind's racing, thinking about all the things you need to do, should have done, could have done need, you know, it's, and, um, it's a real vicious cycle that a lot of people are finding themselves in now with the increase on top of our normal homeostatic stress levels, just with families and work and everything else. Now we have this whole thing called COVID, right? Mm. Um, and so, yeah, more people, we're, we're supporting more people now than ever as a result of just an increase of stress, which then directly relates to people not being able to sleep. Yeah, and all the different types of stress, if you can touch on those a little bit, because obviously, let's say you exercise hard, it's oxidative stress. You eat bad food, it's, you know, it's insulin resistance, it's um, lower levels of oxygen, and emotional stress is high, higher adrenaline and cortisol, um, higher anxiety levels and or poor food and uh, deficiencies would be, you know, adrenal stress or thyroid issues. And, you know, touch on, is it, is it sleep, sleep's getting rid of all of these things um, and improving the body in every way. Is that right? That's a hundred percent right. And, and yeah, you absolutely nailed it with all those sort of subcategories of, of stress, but really you can think of sleep as the salve that kind of soothes all of those stress responses. I mean, that's really, that's in Delta deep sleep. That's when, you know, our physical body repairs, that's when, you know, testosterone growth hormone, that's when all those important hormones, I kind of like to, I tell people it's, it's kind of like the garbage men come out and start to just clean up all the trash, the oxidative stress, the free radicals, the things, even if you're living a healthy lifestyle, you're eating organic, you're training your body, you know, we're, we constantly have free radicals from the air we breathe, the water we drink, um, you know, emotional stress, fear, you know, that creates trauma in the body. Um, but during the night, all of that gets restored, refreshed. It's kind of like hitting a reset. That's why, mm -hmm. I mean, that's one of the main reasons why we sleep. I mean, it's not, it's physiological to clear out the waste, right? And it's psychological as well to, to kind of help find our, our balance. That's, you know, one of the, the theories on dreaming is, to work and process the emotional traumas that were, you know, kind of pushed to the side throughout the day. So, earlier on, yeah, you mentioned yeah. earlier on that our brain's doing a lot of work at night. So are dreams a way for our body to open up different neural connections in terms of, you know, if we're in a state of fight or flight all the time and we're experiencing anxiety, for example, all the time, those pathways become the default pathways. Would you, is therefore dreaming in a way, trying to open up some different pathways? That's a great question. Honestly, I don't know. Yeah, and dreaming, then, you know, I guess, is one of those things we don't, it's hard, yeah, to, well, it's hard to test. <laughs> it is, and there there are some really interesting new research and studies that are coming out about dreams. I mean, really, like the science around sleep is a fairly new field, and they're discovering new things every, you know, every year, every month. Um, you know, and so, but dreams specifically, that's, that's, um, that's something that I think we're just getting to the prep, you know, getting into how do you understand dreams? How do you, you know, really understand what's going on in the brain when you're dreaming and how you can sort of tap into that for performance or for healing. But there are some interesting things, research going on, I think right now to sort of understand that at a, at a deeper level, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, and so previously what you're talking about, sleep's super important, hormones, things come in and clear out all the trash. 
is circadian rhythm the underlying factor that we need to focus on or not? <laughs> well, there's two, there's two systems in the body that control sleep. Circadian rhythm is one and the other is called sleep pressure. So the buildup of adenosine. And adenosine is, you know, builds up in our mind body systems. And then every night it gets essentially cleared out. And so what controls circadian rhythm is really light um, temperature and food. So, you know, both of those systems, the body loves rhythm, the body loves routine. And unfortunately, because of the modern lifestyle that we live in, we disrupt both of those systems. You know, we, we drink caffeine, which essentially blocks adenosine build up in our body, right? Um, and then we were, were, we got screens, you know, into the wee hours of the night, which, you know, doesn't allow the melatonin faucet to turn on to tell us it's time to, you know, start to get sleepy and go to bed. Um, you know, most of us are just eating the wrong foods at the wrong times, like eating too close to bedtime sugar and, you know, all the sweets. So it really, our entire sleep system needs to be reset, uh, as a, as a, as a culture. <laughs> so it's a big problem. Um, yeah. so what do you, what do you tackle first say, or is it, if someone walks in you, it's really just a simple questionnaire. And you can say, oh, well, they're up late watching TV till 11 o'clock every night. Um, that would be the first thing you tackle. Or do you have a set way that you would tackle everyone? Yeah, so we actually, I mean, so we have a holistic approach based in science that's pretty unique. Um, most people were like their last resort after they tried all the sleep hygiene, after they they're taking all the sleep supplements, maybe they're taking, you know, even prescription medication and they're still not sleeping. Usually that's when they are yeah. still looking and they've spent thousands, maybe thousands of dollars on biohacking. Oh games. yeah. New beds, you know, they got the chili pad, they got like the blackout <laughs> shades, they're doing everything and they're still not able to sleep. Um, usually those are the people that we work with. Um, because of the unique framework that we have. And we always start with the mind. Um, then we go to the body and then we go to the environment. And the mistake most people make is they start with their environment. So they try to do all the sleep hygiene stuff and maybe they're taking sleep supplements. And if they're still not, if they're still having issues getting <clears throat> or staying asleep, then they start to get worried. Hey, I'm, I'm doing all the right things, but I can't sleep. And they get stuck in this paradox of trying to force and control sleep, which creates more pressure, more hyperarousal in the body, which keeps them in a stress state essentially, which doesn't allow their body to do what it's designed to do, which is sleep. Just like our heart beats, our lungs breathe. We don't need to think about it. Sleep's not really something you need to think about. Um, and yes, there, you know, depending on who we're talking about, there's different buckets of people as far as like high performers that are trying to optimize sleep versus people that have really bad chronic insomnia versus sort of like the masses of people that really don't prioritize sleep and they don't measure it. So they don't even realize that they're not getting quality sleep. Um, you know, depending on who, who, who we're talking to, there's sort of different steps that would apply to them. But mostly we work with the chronic insomniacs who have, have tried everything. Um, we start with the mind. Wow. And, and what, what, what does that mean? What do you sort of do? Is it yeah. So, so, you know, so essentially what can happen is our mind can get in the way of our body doing what it's designed to do, which is sleep. So what I mean by that is people, um, essentially build up all of this, uh, expectation and they create all the stories about what happens when they don't sleep, which is tricky because it's actually true. Like if you, you know, if you're not sleeping, your body is like, we just talked about is kind of breaking down and you know, that translates into all the other aspects of our life. But thinking about all those things, all those uh, thoughts creates hyper arousal. So first and foremost, it's how do you help somebody get out of a stress state and back into a state of rest? And that starts with understanding the thoughts, the beliefs, the patterns that they have and supporting them to see those patterns as non-intelligent and also give them tools to be able to shift out of those patterns. Some of the tools that we use and probably the biggest one that we use at Sleep Science Academy is acceptance. It sounds simple. It sounds like, wow, how does that even, you know, what, what does that even mean? But actually teaching people not just to cognitively understand acceptance, but to embody a state of acceptance 
is transformational for people that have chronic insomnia. Um, and just for people in general that don't really sleep that well, then maybe they don't have chronic insomnia, but trying to fight the night doesn't work. In a nutshell, would you say that that is just trying to get people to be more present with their mind? Yes. Pre I think presence is, is kind of a first step to under, to under uh, increasing awareness. And then it's the next step would be seeing how to get out of the pattern that most, most of us have. And there's a couple patterns that I find that people that get stuck with sleep issues have, I call it the three P pattern and it's perfectionism, problem solver and pedestal. And so we can break, I can share about each of these patterns if, if it's interesting, but, um, yeah, yeah, that sounds, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So this is actually the first time I've, I've shared publicly about this sort of framework. <laughs> um, so we'll go through each one. So perfectionism pattern is people that are perfectionist yeah. that try to do things the right way. Yeah. Um, that serves them in a lot of ways. Maybe they're very financially successful. Maybe, you know, their, their home is organized and beautiful, but when you try to perfect sleep, it, it creates again, pressure and the wrong kind of pressure. The problem solver pattern, again, a lot of high performing entrepreneurs have, um, you know, there's a problem. I'm going to solve it. I'm going to figure out how to fix it. Unfortunately, sleep is not something that you can fix and trying to force or control. It actually leads to the exact opposite. And so that's kind of that pattern. And then the pedestal pattern is the trickiest one of them all. It's because people put sleep on this pedestal when they don't have it meaning like it's going to solve all their problems. It's going to, you know, they're going to have more energy. Their relationships are going to get better. They're going to be more focused, more productive. And all that's actually true. But by putting it on a pedestal, it actually creates more desire and grasping, which pulls people from the present and keeps them in a stress state. So those are the three P patterns that keep people stuck. Yeah. And so it's a lot of, a lot of mindset work. Yeah. To, um, yeah, it's um, bringing them present and taking away anxieties. And, and what you said at the very beginning as well is once you are in that stress state, then the sleep gets worse from the stress and then the stress gets worse because of the bad sleep. But that relates also to those mindset patterns every day as well because more stress will put your body in that state of more fight or flight which will put your body into a state of more anxiety of that narrow thinking that I touched on before, where the, the pathways become quite singular and you're taking away all of the other neural connections. And so the only pathway your brain is taking is, Oh my God, I'm not going to sleep. I'm not going to sleep. So it's right. actually like a, it's, it's, you know, you can't separate mindset and physical from two, you know, if you're thinking a thought the same way, there is a physical connection and a, and a neural activity going on that will build up in a stronger pathway. Um, so it, it obviously it's something that takes time to rebuild new pathways. A hundred percent. Yeah. Un you know, unfortunately I wish it was as easy as like giving people a pill or a supplement or something like that, but it does. Yeah. It's a quick really mantra, one mantra and you're like, oh, right. you know. <laughs> yeah. Meditation or hypnosis uh, recording or something like that. Unfortunately, that's as because of what you just mentioned, that's a hundred percent what needs to take place. And most people are trained to always look at what's not working, what's not right. And that's a perfection. That's a um, protection program from the beginning of time and that survival program kept us alive, but now it's keeping us from sleeping. <laughs> so, you know, we need to, to retrain the brain to see what's working. And, and when I say what's working, meaning like, what are even the thoughts that work? What are the, the, the beliefs that are, that work versus the focusing on the ones that don't. And you said the word protection and I love that. And I've just done a podcast where with Jamie and wife, and we talked about the two states growth or protection. And in that state of protection, it's very difficult to change habits. It's almost impossible when you are in a state of protection, when fight or flight, um, when your mind has those singular thought patterns, when you're always in a state of anxiety. And that can be as simple as, you know, changing your posture really helps if you've always physically kind of got a protective posture or a protective thought pattern of, you know, I'm, I'm not very good at this. And, and as you said, it's all about survival and protection and 
Um, so obviously that's that's part of the mindset work as well is changing people's perception of themselves. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, most people get they're they're at they're at threat, their safety, their security, or their sense of control. Right. And when they're at threat, that's when the adrenals are pumping and that's when the mind's racing. And that's when that's really the reason why they're not sleeping. And so understanding how to, you know, retrain that stress switch is so important because a lot of times it gets stuck in the on position and because people don't have the tools, they don't have the support or the process in order to really be able to turn it back off. Um, you know, and that's, you know, if you're stuck in a closed defensive mindset, it's going to be really hard to change. And, um, you know, unfortunately and, a lot of people get stuck there. Yeah. And all of those, and once you're stuck there, you don't even realize that you're there because it's this chronic underlying behavior and chronic underlying way that the body is doing what it's doing. And yet all the time it is also protecting all those chemical responses and your mind from allowing you to sleep. hundred percent. That the biggest the biggest shift that we see with the clients that we work with is when they shift out of this is happening to me to this is happening for me. When 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 clients can actually get that, um, not just intellectually, but like embody that and see how wow, this is actually teaching me that something. It's 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 here to show me that I need to look somewhere that I didn't you know that I was ignoring or suppressing. Um, and what gets suppressed gets expressed and usually gets expressed as illness or in, in the case with the problem I solve, sleep, sleep problems. Um, and so really helping people see, okay, well, first and foremost, you know, how is this actually serving me? Like, how is this sleep challenge that's keeping me, you know, that, I, that, I, that I'm, that I'm, you know, complaining about that I feel victimized. How is it actually, you know, working for me? And what is it? What, what can I learn from that? When and when people actually get that, man, it's like a massive shift as far as not only how they feel, but actually how they sleep. Yeah. Well, wow. and it's one of those things that you don't know what you don't know. Like it's a total different feeling. It's a total different experience. It would. It's like being on drugs. It, it would be the experience of being so present and shifting your mindset to things and changing your perception to your own world and your own thoughts and all of that. It's a, it's something that you, yeah, you don't know what it feels like until you experience it. You can't 100%. explain it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and that's the challenging part. I think a lot of people, you know, we, we, we all have sort of this perception, these filters that we filter the world from. We all feel like a certain way in our body. And oftentimes we don't know there's another level to us, to how, how much energy or how much focus or how much, you know, happiness we can, we can experience because we never touch that because maybe we have some bad habits and we're, we're just kind of stuck, but there's always this next level of awareness and presence and energy and, and joy and happiness. It's just a matter of being able to touch it. And then you look back and you said, Holy crap, I thought that I was energized and I thought I felt good, but I actually wasn't. I, I was, I was operating at like 60%. Um, yeah. But you don't know just, until you have the experience, right? Yeah, even just their levels of joy and um, those sort of thoughts are going to be increased. Yeah. Um, so let's say you know they've they've nailed all of that stuff, but physically there's still some things some things going on, like too much coffee or caffeine, too much blue light. Um, tell us a bit about you know your your hierarchy maybe of. Um, physical things that need to be changed to improve sleep? Yeah. I, well, first I think there's, there's a lot of the things that we do. Most people do that are counterproductive to good sleep, but you named both of them, caffeine and, and alcohol. Um, you know, and, and usually what people do is caffeine is the upper and then alcohol is the downer. Right. And unfortunately both of those disturb quality of sleep. So caffeine, like I mentioned earlier, blocks adenosine. Adenosine is what builds up in our body that makes us sleepy. Um, and alcohol gets in the way of, you know, Delta sleep and REM sleep, which are like quality of sleep. That's when our body and mind restores itself. So most people, you know, again, are using caffeine because they're not sleeping well. They're maybe using, using it as a, as a performance drug, uh, abusing it. And, 
the half-life of caffeine is like six hours. So it's in your system for 12 hours. So, you know, if you're going to use caffeine, use it earlier in the day, ideally not first thing in the morning when your cortisol is already high. And then alcohol, if you're going to drink alcohol, do it earlier in the day, not right before you go to sleep. Um, because again, you're not going to get into quality, deeper levels of sleep. And then, then it, on the cycle goes, yeah. you know, you, and you mentioned you, sugars earlier in the chat too. And, and alcohol is a sugar. And so you're also dealing with this impact on the liver, on changing hormones and blood sugars and all of those things. So is that another reason why a, you don't want to have sugars at night and why you don't want to have alcohol at night? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's just alcohol is, is, is really poison for our body. Um, you know, again, I'm not, I, do I have a glass of red wine and, you know, let loose once in a while? Absolutely. I love tequila. Um, but you pay a price. And so you have, you know, it's, it's in moderation and, and used in the right ways. And when you have systems in place to sort of restore your, your mind and body from that, that abuse, <laughs> mm. you can get away with it once in a while, but it's, it's one of those things that it just, it truly does just, just, it's a numbing agent. And that's why most people use it to escape, but there's other ways, um, of escaping that are much healthier. So yeah. I find it so funny in modern society, how, oh, it's, it's alcohol, something we drink at night. And if you were drinking alcohol in the morning, they'd think you were weird. However, <laughs> if you, if you put it in context of, let's say you were exercising and you exercised and then afterwards, well, if you had to have sugar, if you really wanted a sweet treat, that's the best time to have it. When your insulin, you know, sensitivity is at its highest, you can have the sugars, then it's the best time. And it's probably the same for alcohol as well. It's probably the best time to have it is when you're moving, when you need energy, because it is a high, 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 um, dense energy source. Um, and yet, you know, our society says, oh, no, you shouldn't drink it early. You should drink it at night. And caffeine is, again, like, I can't believe caffeine in the last, if you just go back 10 years, it's a different world. If you go back 20 mm. years, it's unrecognizable. There's not any coffee shops around, you know, and now it is, it's weird if you don't drink coffee and I don't drink coffee anymore. I've found that it's not mm. great for me. I feel so much better without it. Most of the clients that we work with feel better without it because they are coming from a place of already that higher level of stress and their sleep isn't as good. So, you know, they need to lower stress levels in any way that they can. And, yeah. And when, you know, they go out and have a meeting for work or whatever, and it's at a coffee shop and they're not ordering coffee, everyone looks at you as if you've got three heads. And yet it's like, it's a drug. And if I sat here and had a shot of yeah. tequila at 10am, you'd think I was the weird one. And it's just, you mentioned the word before beliefs and everything in life is based on beliefs. And most of our beliefs come from, you know, society and and marketing and we're totally influenced um so yeah back to that's a long rant about yeah why we do what we do basically um a lot of peer pressure and it's it's not it's not through any scientific reasoning or it's any of those reasons it's not good for us <laughs> i love i love how clearly you put that i mean it, it is there's all these programs that are that were conditioned and that is alcohol and, and caffeine is definitely a program that is not serving us um, for, for sure. And, and really with, with sleep specifically, like sleep is seen as a weak habit of low performers. It's seen as a waste of time. It's like you snooze, you lose, right? Like I'll sleep when I'm dead. All these sort of catchphrases that most people have heard or said, it's kind of, you know, people are, are praised for being, oh, I, I, you know, it's like a, it's a machismo thing. Like I only slept four hours you know, the last three nights and, um, you know, get it done, hustle. And it's really, uh, it's, it's like a, this conditioned sort of thing, this it's like, and it's, it's so backwards. I mean, just like everything you just said, it's like, when you really start to look at things clearly, it's like, Hmm, does this make sense? No, it does not. It doesn't make any sense. Um, and uh, that's, you know, that's what people are now kind of realizing, okay, sleep is, is really important, but it's, it's like, has been one of those things that's just been looked at as like a negative thing. Like you're lazy if you, if you sleep eight hours and it's like, no, you're smart if you sleep eight hours. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, yeah. 
and and then another another one is is blue light which i've been led to believe will block the production of melatonin at night time so melatonin is one of those first hormones that helps then kick in all the other hormones and they all do that clearing at night um so tell us about yeah light melatonin yeah so yeah so melatonin you can think of it as a, the sleep hormone or the vampire hormone and so essentially that melatonin faucet if you will gets turned on when the sun starts to set and because of the nature of the world we live in with the technology we have and the lights and the screens and all that um essentially the myopsin cells in our eyes don't really um they're they're getting dysregulated because they think that the sun's still up because of all this blue light and so it's we're again we talked about those two systems in the body circadian rhythm and sleep pressure system here we're talking about the circadian system gets all out of whack and so yes you can definitely get blue light blocking glasses you can get apps like flux and iris on your computers um one of the things that i noticed that actually makes a huge difference is actually as the sun starts to set you just start turning off like half the lights in your home like start to dim the lights in your house and it kind of just prepares your mind and body for it kind of you get you get you start to get sleepy and it's it's more relaxing and the type of light bulbs you use also matter so there's such thing as dirty light and if you go into a hospital or if you go into like a traditional office building these fluorescent bulbs are horrible for our health and our circadian rhythm. So now there's there's uh, clean lighting and there's certain bulbs like candescent bulbs that you can put in your home if you really want to go that far. Um, and even there's some cool stuff coming out tech-wise where your lights start to change their hue as the sun starts to set, which is like very exciting to me. Um, and you know, again, you can nerd out and, and go really full force with this but really at the end of the day it's just getting back to nature like getting back to like it's not it's not normal to be behind a screen for eight hours and nine hours a day it's not normal you know to to not be in the sun mm. uh, you know it's like the more we can get back to nature the more balance we're going to be going to find and the more energy we're going to have and health we're going to have so that's my rant some, on, on blue light. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I do here is I've got lamps in the living room and a couple of them are set to a, a timer, a wireless timer, so I can control them through my phone or on an app. So they come on before the sun sets. So you don't have that urge of suddenly, you know, oh, my God, it's dark. I'm going to switch on the overhead lights. It's There's that transition between, you know, light and dark. Um, and so they come on, I've got a setting on the TV preset to much, much dimmer. Like you can't even see the screen in daylight. So when it's daytime, it's so dim, you can't make out. You've got to then change out, change the picture back to a daytime setting. So I've preset all those sort of brightness levels and it really makes a big difference. And you get used to it um, as well, which is what I want to tell the audience is you get used to this feeling of, like you say, you, um, you start to actually get prepared for sleep and you get used to there not being bright lights around at nighttime. And we've got red globes in our bedroom in the lamps. So in by the time we get to bed, it's like just completely red globes. Um, and like I say, lamps in the bathroom, lamps everywhere at night. Because I, because of my more fragile state, which I've had for, you know, 20 years or so, but I'm improving now, but I still have that sensitivity to light and it is, I believe it's my body always has been telling me that you need to get to bed now because you're, you've built up more stress. And so my light sensitivity is terrible at night. I don't like driving at night. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a question. Would you say that that therefore is my sensitivity to bright light comes from that buildup of adenosine or melatonin, or is that, just some other underlying <laughs> physical impact or or something yeah you know that's a great question and and honestly i don't know i know that there are certain types of people that are hypersensitive they're just intuitive hypersensitive people and so they they get more impacted by light and by temperature and by people's energy that are around them and by yeah. noise and so like you're just hyper and that's actually a, and, and that's actually a gift like i think that's a gift for an amazing coach is to have that 
level of sensitivity where you can tune into your environment, you can tune into, um, you know, the things around you where most people are not that sensitive. And yeah, I think that I, I actually, like that. <laughs> no, I mean, and I think it, it's true. And, and I, I think the more, the healthier you become and the more aware you become and present and the more clean your body is, I think that sensitivity actually increase is. Mm. So like most people are kind of dulling themselves with alcohol and with the wrong types of foods and the wrong types of habits. And it's sort of like a numbing, like a numbing of the senses. And so once you start to cut some of that stuff out, your, your sense, your sense awareness increases and you start to pick up like notices per minute. Like you start to notice things you wouldn't have noticed. Like your, maybe your eyesight's a little better. Like that's a gift. Um, so I, I, I don't know the, the scientific reason around that, yeah. but that's, that's, uh, that's what I would yeah. suggest awesome. that, that's half going on. <laughs> no. And, and you mentioned earlier, getting out in the sun, getting out in the sun is good for circadian rhythms. Um, explain that to us. Oh yeah. So, so, you know, not all, so for instance, blue light isn't all bad. Like blue light first thing in the morning is good. You want blue light because the sun actually has a hue of blue light. And so when you get up, the first thing you can do, if you get outside and get some sunlight on your skin, your body, you know, absorbs that from your eyes and from your skin, not only you get in vitamin D, but it also is, it's keeping that circadian clock synced. So sun is awesome first thing in the morning. And for those people that travel that don't want to experience jet lag, you know, when you get off of the plane, depending on which, if you're going east or if you're going west and kind of what that makes a difference, but you can use the sun to sort of help reset your clock. And it's an amazing, it, I mean, there's so many benefits just to being outside, obviously, but specifically sunlight helps sync that circadian clock. So first thing in the morning, if you can get some sun, it'll do a world of difference for your, you know, your rhythm, that, that, resetting of that master suprachiasmatic nucleus the master clock of the body that's that sunlight is is so important and and sunglasses can inhibit some of that yeah absolutely yeah so i mean there i think there's a time and a place for sunglasses um when you want to look cool <laughs> or, <laughs> or 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 if you're if you're you know if you're fishing or if you're hiking and you're in the sun and and you have or if you have sensitive eyes you know so but First thing in the morning, like, don't wear your sunglasses, get that light, get that light on your skin, take your shirt off if you can. Um, yeah. Maybe not the women, but well, maybe, yeah. um, you know, depending on what you're wearing, but yeah, get, get as much sunlight on your skin. That's important. Um, you don't, you know, you don't want to cover up this. It's important to get the sunlight on your skin. And is it true that um, those triggers to increase melatonin that you will use for when you sleep, that you do actually get melatonin build up during the day from the sun input you know i i don't know honestly yeah. i don't know yeah that's i've seen that's that a good i've question. seen that i've seen that written somewhere um that that helps but obviously it, in a way it has to help because you're saying the sun helps circadian rhythm and from circadian rhythm comes melatonin so i guess it is. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know the exact sort of cascade of neurochemicals mm. that creates that, but I know your, your, your eyes do have these myopsin cells and, and there is, you know, the sun does your body's on this, this rhythm of releasing melatonin and that's what makes you sleepy. And there's certain, you know, so it's, I think it's serotonin, uh, the precursor of melatonin is serotonin. Um, so there's certain foods you can eat and things um, that can sort of help that process. Like tart cherry juice is, is, is a good one for natural melatonin. Um, kiwis is another good fruit. Uh, there's interesting research in Taiwan, uh, Taiwan, um, around kiwis and sleep, um, which is interesting eating kiwis. Sounds like a biohacker type thing, you know, you Definitely. Know, talking about the tiniest, tiniest percentage of influence when you've got an elephant in the room still. A hundred percent. And a lot of people miss the forest from the trees. And like, you know, again, like eating a kiwi and, and not wearing sunglasses, it, you know, it, it might help, mm. but it's going to be very, very minim minimal compared to like all the things you, you could do mm. to like not interfere yeah. with just your natural body's rhythm. But I stopped wearing sunglasses when I started looking into the health stuff um, or sleep stuff, maybe at some point a couple of years ago. And it's amazing how your eyes get adjusted to it. Like we're saying your eyes adjust to that dimmer light at night. 
my eyes have adjusted really well to daylight. And whereas years ago when I would have put on sunglasses, you know, 10 years ago, wear sunglasses all the time, everywhere, um, you know, looking cool everywhere. Not that I ever looked cool, but <laughs> I thought I did. Um, and you take them off during the day and suddenly it's like, oh, my God, it's so glary. Whereas now um, I almost never wear them unless it is really glary. And so my eyes have definitely adjusted to taking in that level of light during the day. And, you know, I love it um, and I just don't need to wear them. And, you know, you look at the sun in the morning when you're out riding early or running early without sunglasses and it's just, you know, it's a beautiful sunrise and, you know, I'm so grateful that I've stopped wearing sunglasses and can yeah. actually see everything in its in its natural beauty. No, it's a good point. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of interesting literature on like sun gazing, like first thing in the mm. morning and as the sun sets. Um, spiritually, the, there's, it was like spiritual practice for some of these native cultures to to literally, as the sun's coming up, literally stare into the sun and as the sun's setting, stare into the sun. And it's supposed to, I mean, detoxify your penile gland or well, I, don't, I don't really know the science around that. Um, but, but to me, it good. makes, but it feels good. So yeah, so, as long as you're not staring at the sun at 12 noon when it's, when it's, you know, the brightest, but, but no, it, it, I think one of those, one of the, the, to the point you make is, is, is looking at the sun it, it keeps your body in a rhythm. I mean, because mm. for thousands of years, that's when the sun came up, that's when we would wake up. And when the sun set, that's kind of when maybe yeah. you made a fire and there's some candescent light um, mm. from the fire. It's like the more we can get back to that, the better we're going to be. Yeah. Better like, sleep. like we were saying, it's only been in the last, you know, few decades that things have really changed that are screwing up sleep really badly. If you go back even just three decades, the type of light that was produced from electronic devices was a so much less blue light than it is nowadays. Um, so yeah, it's become a bit of a pandemic in a way of how many things there are in our lifestyle yeah, these the, days. In 1910, the average Amer American slept nine hours. Now they sleep uh, 6.8 hours on average. Yeah. So there you go. Ni 1910 to you know yeah. 2021. Yeah, that's a big. It might not seem like a big drop in in sleep time, but. Yeah. That's directly related to, you know, the industrial revolution. And then obviously all these, the smartphone, you know, tech yeah. revolution. I mean, it's um, crazy. You only got to go back one generation and everything was completely different. And yet we've evolved to do what we do with the sun, with the earth, with food and everything for millions of years. And then in like in a few, in one generation, we've completely flipped everything on its head. Yeah, and I think I, I think that's the really now people are realizing, hey, we got to get back to the basics. We got to get back to the way things were, um, and it's interesting now. I think a lot of people are looking at that as like, oh, this person is, you know, contrarian, or they're they're like old school, or but it's it's really, I mean, it's it's not rocket science. It's just how can we get back to the the most natural way of living. And then what is the impact that going to have on our health and our happiness and our you know, well-being? And yeah. it's, um, I think it's yeah, really that, important. I like when you, when you mentioned before about the tribe that would look at the sun in the morning and the sun in the evening as it's rising and setting, and that I've been doing that for a while now, if I'm out riding or running, I look at it. And yes, the, in the back of my mind, there is that kind of like, oh, this is good for me. It's setting my circadian rhythms and going to be good for my sleep. But in that moment of appreciating and being that feeling of gratitude and being present while appreciating something so beautiful and, and that moment in time, it's, it's also giving your brain the exact mindset that you started talking about at the very beginning of the podcast is of, of calming, of being present um, and not having all of these other thoughts going through your head. So, whether it's helping melatonin or not, but looking at the sun and just appreciating nature in a quiet moment is going to help your sleep because of taking that break out of, you know, your, your busy day. hundred percent. I, 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 I like to say a great night of sleep happens as soon as you wake up. <laughs> so your what you do with your mind from the beginning is, is how you're going to affect your sleep. 
Absolutely. Right? I mean, if, if you're not, if you're not taking energy breaks throughout the day, if you're not managing your stress levels, if you're going back to back, if you're eating the wrong foods, you're taking caffeine, you're doing all these, you know, you're hype, you're, you're speeding up your body. You can't expect that your mind's not like, it just doesn't turn off. You know, you, yeah. Yeah. you can't, ex so what you do the entire day is going to affect how you sleep at night. And then it, it, but it doesn't, it's just small, little, small, choices and changes you make consistently make the biggest difference. So you don't yeah. have to totally throw the baby out with the bathwater, but just little things do make a difference over time. And, you know, so, having, yeah. The last, last thing I'll ask you, um, being really generous with your time today. Last thing you just mentioned, take energy breaks during the day. And it's something that I really press on my clients or my friends and family that are experiencing, you know, pain or fatigue or those sort of issues is I tell them to go and just try and lie down and take some breaths and be present and calm your mind for, you know, five minutes because in my mind and what I, I do, and if you can take out, as you said, that kind of rushing syndrome and get your brain away from other things, focus inwardly and be present. Uh, what would you say is an energy break that can help break that cycle and improve functions. Yeah. So in my book, the sleep advantage, I talk about, you know, ideal energy breaks, but it's essentially, um, breathing. So breathing, getting out in nature, water, listening to music, uh, really anything that's going to stay uh, like a state change. Yeah. So anything, you know, you mentioned like, you know, posture, like even if you can combine a couple of these things, like for me, I'll, I'll share what I personally do. I have a, a rebounder, um, in, you know, so I go out and I'll Which jump is a, for a little trampoline for those in Australia that don't know what a rebounder <laughs> is. Oh yeah. Uh, it, uh, yeah. It's a little trampoline. Um, and so I'll jump on that. I, uh, so I, you know, I have all kinds of like fun little tech here, um, biohacking stuff, but, but it, it can be as simple as just taking a moment and just breathing and just, you know, connecting to your breath, um, hydrating, drinking water, anything that's just going to get you connected out of, from your mind back into your body, um, taking your shoes off and going, you know, putting your feet in the grass. Um, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like, you, I think experimenting with different things to see like what works for you. And like you, you, you should feel a, a physical shift. If you, if you're taking an energy break and you don't feel a physical shift, then you need to evaluate what you're doing on that energy break. Um, so, awesome. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, now tell us where can everybody find you and find out more about this awesome information, the sleep science Academy or your book and you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, sleep science for, for those people that are, you know, looking for specific sleep, that have sleep challenges that are looking for support. Um, Amazon, the book is on Amazon, the sleep advantage, optimize your night to win your day. It's also on audiobook, which I prefer for people that are uh, busy people. Don't like to do read. You, do you do you speak? Do you do the I audio? Do. Oh, I well, do. you've got a beautiful voice, so everyone they'll they'll rush out and buy it now <laughs> to hear more of your. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. People have told me that um, that I put them to sleep, and I say, "Great, I love to go to bed with you. That's um, that's good. Go to you know if you listen to my my voice." Um, but yeah, so yeah, Sleep Science Academy, Devin, you know, Devin Burke Wellness on all the social handles and YouTube and Instagram and all that good stuff. But love to connect with anyone that's, uh, you know. Yeah, that was unreal. Just, well, I love the approach. Love all of that information. It's been unreal. It's been so valuable. Thanks for thanks for connecting with me. And um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure and a privilege to, to get to chat to you today. Yeah, likewise. Thank you for the work you're doing in the world and for having me on the show. Yeah, excellent. Thanks so much, Devin. Okay, take care. Take care. Wow, what an awesome discussion that was around how our body works and how much we need sleep and how sleep works. I know that you would have gotten heaps out of it. I'm going to recap the three Ps. That secret that Devin hadn't given away publicly anywhere else before, that's the perfectionism pattern. So you're thinking everything needs to be perfect in order for you to succeed at sleep. The problem solver pattern, and that is, you know, if I do this, then that will work. You know, if I block out all the light, therefore I will sleep. And then the last P, the pedestal pattern, where you're putting pressure on yourself that 
you won't be able to sleep until you do sleep or I won't be able to be better and feel good the next day until I get sleep. And when I get sleep, I'm going to feel amazing. And you're putting a lot of pressure on what's going to change once you do get good sleep. And then the fourth P I'd like to add is words that Devin said, but he didn't include them in his three Ps, is that protection programming, the protection pattern. And that is exactly what one episode ago, Jamie and I did an episode on growth versus protection or growth versus fear is what the headline was. But fear, protection, those mindset patterns also limit our ability to be present and relax and do what we need to do to be healthier. And so to sleep well, just do everything that you need to do to be healthier. It's that simple. And it's also that complex. But if you can look at things with a big picture view of the way that you think is affecting you physically, and then the way that you react with your environment is affecting you physically and mentally, then it's, you know, everything changes. Your mindset changes, the way that you view the world, yourself, your health, and everything can change. And so just start taking some steps to change the way that you perceive your environment, change the way that you have your mind thinking about things outside of this present moment where nothing exists, where there are no thoughts except for that beauty, that gratitude, that calmness that you can experience right now in your environment. Because, you know, unless you're trying to fall asleep in the middle of a a burning forest and you're getting hunted by lions at the same time, then you're in an incredibly safe place. And that is what your mind should reflect, that you are in a safe place where no thought is required and that will help you get to sleep. If some of the things you heard today sound like the sort of changes you need to make, but you're not sure about how to make them on your own, then get in touch with Jamie or myself so that we can help you make those changes. That's what we are here for. That's what a health coach is. We're here to help that behavioral change. But then if you want to ask advice on more specific things about why, when, how, then we're here for that also. So we'd love to work with you individually. So get in touch with Jamie or myself and we can set up an ongoing program for a few sessions or we can have a one-off session or we can set it up so that we're going to work together for a few months if you're starting from a very low base of energy and health issues. So we'd love to hear from you. And also, if you're just an innocent bystander enjoying this podcast, jump on to the Apple Podcast app, scroll down on our homepage to where you see the ratings and reviews and click on write a review and either just click five stars or write us something nice as well if you've got a few seconds. So thanks very much for listening today and thank you in advance for leaving us a review.